0: That is strange. You're listening. Hello. You are listening to... Hello. To The
1: Sound and the Splendor. You're listening to to The the Sound Sound and the Splendor. Splendor. This is The Sound and the Splendor. (laughs) The Splendor.
0: (laughs) Hey, this is Melanie, and I wanted to share a story about a photo shoot that we did for The Sound and the Splendor.
1: I didn't think it would be a big deal for me, um, but honestly, it was... It was really weird um, how much I found my heart just comparing myself to the other women in the group and feeling really suspicious of people complimenting and being kind toward me.
0: The voice that you just heard was Fancy, the co-founder of The Sound and the Splendor, talking about her experience of this photo shoot while sitting in a coffee shop in Seattle. I'll let her tell you more about the idea behind the shoot since she's the one who thought of it.
1: The Naked Faces project was a little bit of a hot mess, honestly, when we first got it going. The big idea here was that we would get a big group of women together and have them do two photo shoots in the same day. So one would be this sort of over-the-top glamour shots where they designed their own costumes and, um, have an idea of makeup and hair Uh, the other side would be you know removing all your makeup black and white slicked back hair no makeup on move your clothing out of the way of the shot I just want to see your face I don't want anything to distract me from your face and then after the shoot we asked everybody to write in and share Um, share some of their thoughts about their experiences on the day. When Fancy says to write
0: in, she is referring to our blog at thesoundinthesplender.com, where we posted pictures from the photo shoot as well as the women's thoughts about the pictures and makeup, self-confidence, etc. But what we didn't know then was that this photo shoot would open up like a huge can of worms among the women in our group. I'll let Chloe, our photographer, give you a little bit more insight on what I mean by that. (laughs) (laughs)
2: so this photo shoot was pretty easy for me but because I was the photographer of this bashful affair I had a really different perspective these gorgeous women in the room didn't see how wonderfully made they are there was hardly any eye contact and nervous little giggles they asked me to photoshop out their blemishes make me look good they said it was so vulnerable for them that they needed someone to calm down the roar of awkwardness, someone to tell them they were beautiful even though they were and are. I was a little sad to watch this happen. How we as women are living in a society of harsh standards, skinny versus fat, women's role in the workplace slash home, body hair, plastic surgery, the list goes on. From reactions I gathered from the shoot, I
0: question why I care so much. When we brainstormed this idea originally, we were really only thinking about how fun it would be to, like, play dress-up as adults. But it turned into something so much richer than that.
1: Everybody had a really unique experience. There was a, there was a lot of commonalities. There was, you know, people who uh, had struggled with um, the typical uh, culturally imposed um, beauty standards. Um... Um, But what was interesting was um, our self-image in light of um, who all these women are in Christ. Oh, and
0: I totally forgot to mention that we are all Christians here. Everyone who participated in this whole episode, from the photographer, the doctor that I spoke to, the therapist that I spoke to. And don't worry, we will get to them in a bit. But all of us are Christian women.
1: For me personally, um, it was kind of crazy to kind of go in with this expectation that I was going to feel really comfortable wearing no makeup because I honestly don't really do a whole lot um, most of the time. I mean, I like to get dolled up every once in a while, but for the most part, I just put on mascara, and sometimes I'm wearing two-day-old mascara, we all shared the images kind of as they were being shot, and um, a lot of the people were like, wow, your photos look so great, and I would look at them and I would think, ugh, like, is my neck really that short? (laughs) Uh, Man, I look like a little boy, or, you know, all these sort of, like, self-condemning thoughts that are, I mean, they're not valid in the grand scheme of my identity as a woman and my value in Christ. And, uh, it was kind of mind boggling. I did the, the naked face, um, no makeup shot first, transitioning to like putting all this stuff all over my face. I made these giant floral wreaths for my hair and I stuck all kinds of crazy things in my hair to make it all huge. And, put on a lot more makeup than I usually wear and I felt really uncomfortable um, looking at myself in the mirror and in the bathroom light. It just seemed really harsh on my face and I just felt like, you know, I looked like a clown and then I went outside and um, uh, Chloe who was taking the photos that day. She showed me some of the initial photos and I was like, Oh, wow! I look so much better, <laughs> and I felt I felt really different about myself. Um, but it it was just weird to think through the contrast of how I had um, I had gone without any, you know, makeup. I had no self alterations that I had made with makeup or. Um, makeup or costume on one hand and then and felt comfortable with myself in the mirror. but then when I went outside, you know in front of the camera, I felt totally uncomfortable and then and I judged myself you know, and then on the other hand, I had these over the top um sort of makeup I'd done to myself, and I felt great about myself on camera, but in the mirror. I had this, you know, it was weird because it was like nothing was ever good enough. You know, every every single direction that we tried, I feel like um, there was something to be critical about.
0: This theme of there always being something to be critical about is what stood out the most to us. No matter how beautiful these women are or how great the photos looked, they found fault in the images and apologize for their imperfections. I did this as well with my pictures, like trying my best to make light of something that felt so awkward to me. All of my life, I have been self-conscious of my pale skin and see-through eyelashes. But, I mean, I don't really mind them. But a lifetime of people thinking that I was sick when I would take my makeup off gave me this weird complex where I felt like I needed to spare people from seeing my face without makeup because it was so different looking from theirs. And so for that very reason, I never go out without makeup, in fact, it took me like two years to be okay with waiting for the bus without makeup on, and the bus comes to our house, two years, our house, that's ridiculous. Now, here's where Dr. Peterson comes in, she's the one I was telling you about before. I wanted to hear what a professional thought about this phenomena from a medical perspective, to see if there was any kind of like, link between self-image and physical health, so I called up a doctor, that also happens to be a friend of mine. And if I'm honest, she is my best friend, but I haven't said it to her yet, so if you see her, don't say anything. Anyway, we took a walk, and she shared her thoughts with me.
3: So I think, I think the first part there is society, for sure, that that if, basically, if girls had self-esteem, our whole entire economic culture would plummet. Because if you go into a store, 90% of what they sell is in hopes of girls saying, I'm not good enough, so I need this purse, I need this makeup, ah. I need this right dress to be like this poster child on the side. If girls just said, hey, I'm good enough, then our entire economic structure would fall. So just to you make just money. you just just blown my mind. <laughs> like I can't even think of that. <laughs> so, in order, so economically, society needs us to have low self-esteem, Because the guys just have like an underwear section over in the corner. (laughs) So that's the first part, society. The second part um, definitely comes in the family. Like I said, I had every reason to feel like nothing in school with my obesity, got teased, got kicked in the stomach, Mm. became a librarian so that kids couldn't tease me on there. But having my dad, my first love, my first male love, always tell me that I'm beautiful and I'm, and he loves me and he treasures our relationship. Um, and that I shouldn't settle for less. I, I, need, I need to feel good and I deserve what is good. That was huge. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, you know, since I'm a mom, I don't want to put down moms because moms are so important for nurturing. But, boy, when it comes to those adolescent years, I think for guys and girls, you need a strong father or a strong male figure yeah. who has good morals, who can say, I love you, I'll be strong for you, I have your back, and basically whatever the world says you are or are not, you're already okay, and you've got my backing on that. Mm -hmm. That is just critical, because I think, I think a lot of those girls I see in practice, when I ask him about their relationship with their father, basically it's gone. I mean, once they start having their puberty changes, the dad gets a little uncomfortable. Hey, that's mom's apartment. Yeah. And the dads just aren't really engaging with them. Yeah. And I had this one girl who her entire depression was around. She basically said, I don't feel like daddy's little girl anymore. He oh. used to love me, oh. but now he doesn't. And then when she gave me permission to talk to her mom about it, the mom says, no, no, of course her dad still loves her. But, you know, I mean, he... He's not into the girl thing, and he doesn't know. And I'm like, well, he better be.
0: Yeah. Those
3: dads better be dating their daughters, because if they're not dating him, they're going to go find a guy who
0: will. It's really interesting, because I think of what you said about if your father doesn't tell you those things, you will find someone who will. Yeah. And I started dating so young, at 14, and uh, had boyfriends up until the time I got married. and And it's interesting, because they were all essentially just placeholders, and I knew it. And I mean, maybe I didn't know it fully in my mind, I didn't understand it, but I was not gonna marry any of those guys. I was just looking for someone who would say I was pretty, you know, and they would. So I would date them and go places. Our conversation took so many turns, uh, and a few key points stood out as being particularly important to me as a mother with two boys and a young daughter.
3: And also on the mom's end, the women have to stop complaining about themselves in front of their daughters. Oh, yeah. Every day I have to constantly bite my tongue and not, like, in front of my daughter, say, does this make me look fat? Yeah. Or, oh, my mom used to say, I don't look as pretty as the other moms, so I'm not going to go to your concert. Mm-hmm. And I used to be there, oh, mom, of course you're pretty. And I thought, wow, I'll never be like that. Well, guess what? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm constantly having to to bite my tongue and not in front of my daughter say, wow, I really look fat, and oh boy, my, my hair looks gross, and mm-hmm. look at these wrinkles. I have to bite it, because if they hear it, they're going to say it, they're going to believe it. Yeah. And so the- Our conversation
0: also seemed to create more questions than it had answered. And I felt like the photo shoot, the blogs, all of it was so multifaceted and complex that we needed to dig a little bit further. So, we did.
4: Hey. Hi. <laughs>
0: So how how are you, awesome.
4: first off? I'm, I'm doing really well. Stop raining.
0: This is a the therapist I was telling you about earlier, Yulia Karpuk. Yulia Karpuk,
4: family and youth counselor. I
0: have a master's in counseling psychology. Yulia is also a friend of mine who I met at Mars Hill Church while playing in a worship band. Now I have always thought of Yulia as being way cooler than me, but again, secrets don't tell anyone. So she and I chatted about the psychological side of the photo shoot and why it had such a big impact on our thoughts about makeup and ourselves.
4: Talk about so when we did the photo shoot, the, one of the things that we noticed was that people were just really uncomfortable with their bare faces. Like when they took their makeup yeah. off, it was like they would apologize yeah. for things or like not really look you in the eye. Like it was very mm. weird, and so we're kind of trying to examine that from a lot of different angles. Like, why yeah. why are we like that, for one, as women? Like, why why do we do that? Um, what, Where does it start? And so, yeah, so, like, I don't know. Like, what are your thoughts as, like, a therapist yeah. about all of that stuff? Well, you know, kind of the, the obvious answer was first thing that popped in my head was, like, how our shape, you know, our culture shaped us. Mm-hmm. It's from, since we're little girls, you know, media portrays makeup, the culture portrays having a, you know, picture-perfect face, no acne, completely perfect skin tone, Um, you know, so that's kind of like the answer, but I I personally believe it goes deeper than that. I think a lot of times it touches your true identity, and what is identity? Identity is being vulnerable to show somebody your vulnerability is It's kind of frowned upon in our culture. And, you know, a lot of times, makeup is like a mask. It's like you put on a different face, even like I'll use myself as an example. When I put on makeup, I I can act more confident. I, I feel like, kind of like an upgraded version of me. And I can, you know, maybe more power to do stuff, more confident, things like that. But that's because, I think a lot of it goes down to when we have, like, even not makeup, but anything, like our hair done, our clothes, mm-hmm. anything, we're kind of putting on this, in a way, mask and not having the people really see this, the real us because mm-hmm. when we take off the makeup, when we don't have the perfect hair, you know, things like that, what's happening? We're being vulnerable. We're allowing people to see the most sensitive side of us. We're allowing people to see our identity and the real us and that's a really scary thing to do wow so you're that's so interesting because I've never I honestly have never thought of it that way yeah is that like in in showing my essentially my naked face to someone it's like showing them the rawest form of myself yeah yeah wow and 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 that's I mean I honestly with all my heart everything I believe that's what it is because you're just being so vulnerable and you're being you're allowing people to judge you right you're allowing Mm -hmm. people to give their own perceptions of you their own judgment on you when you have makeup I'm just going to use makeup right now as like the example but you could do that to hair to clothing you know Mm -hmm. whatever you put on your outside you know body but when you when you put that on it's like you're doing a perception to please Mm. And you could use that with, like, how you act with people, you know, how you act at work, how you act in other places. It's just kind of giving this perception. But when you take all that off, and when you're allowed to be kind of, like you said, rawness, that's vulnerability. And that's kind of showing your true self. So it's a scary thing. It's, you know, it's based in fear. And there's a big fear of, you know... If I don't wear my makeup, if I have my hair pulled back, if I don't look like this presentable, perfect Julia, like, what are people going to think of me? They're going to see the real me. Are they going to like me for who I am? Are they going to like my identity? Are they going to, you know, judge my identity or going to judge my perception? And when we have that fear, it hits the heart of us. It hits our, you know, ego and our most sensitive Heart. So we try to protect that, I believe, by doing your makeup, by making sure your hair looks perfect, by putting on clothes to be presentable in front of other people so that we can just protect that most sincere, most sensitive part of our hearts so that we are so afraid to get hurt and for people to kind of take advantage of.
0: It seemed that as we dug into this topic, new thoughts and ideas kept emerging. Like an archeologist unearthing amphora or ancient jewelry, each new thought only made things more complex. And the more we dug, the more we realized that it's all connected. Our perception of self is tied directly to our ancestors, our family, to our society and culture, to our faith. Chloe, the photographer from before, interviewed a few of her friends about the shoot. And I interviewed my sister-in-law and Fancy talked about some of the blog posts that were sent in. The answers were all over the board, and again, brought on more questions.
5: Tell me what the question is before you turn me on camera. What's it about? Give me some sort of an idea. Hold on, just calm down.
2: This is Carrie Spence. Hello. Hello. (laughs) Okay, the question is, would you do a photo shoot where your whole entire face was without
5: makeup? I really don't want to, but I recently read the Naked Bases stuff that you have up on The Sound and Splendor, and then I immediately was like, I need to try that. Really? So I would say, yes, I really want to do that, as a matter of fact. Okay, but before, you wouldn't. (laughs) How come?
2: come? This is Samantha Benson.
6: I'm used to not wearing a whole lot of makeup anyway, and I was even more excited about it after you posted your blog. (laughs) Going out with makeup is not something I'm afraid of, or I mean, obviously, if I have like huge zits, I'm like, Ugh. <laughs> but I'm like, oh, I don't yeah. really care. Really? Excuse me, I'm not there to impress
2: anybody. That's awesome. Huh. What do you think? And I guess, what you, why? Why do you think you are that way?
6: Um, I guess my mom, well, my mom doesn't wear a whole lot of makeup anyway she sometimes doesn't wear any makeup at all and she looks wonderful and her skin's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Same thing with my sister. So I grew up, you know, if you put on some mascara foundation, like you put, that's your face. Like, that's it. My grandma, on the other hand, was like she doesn't go out without her face. on.
1: This is fancy again. Shilpa shared about um, coming in and um, being totally comfortable on the, the, um, the no makeup side of the shoot and then um, when she when she went in to do the creative side felt um, almost judged and um, very self conscious of how she was expressing herself creatively with makeup and costume and it was really interesting just to to see all the different vantage points
0: and this is me and Susie
7: um,
0: okay so we're recording so whatever.
7: Um, so, the naked faceless thing was interesting for me because it was, like, I'm not super uncomfortable without makeup on because I definitely go to the grocery store without makeup or I work out a lot and I'm not wearing makeup, but what was interesting to me is when I showed up, there's all of these women who have super fun, kind of quirky personalities and did really fun makeup things and... I sort of just felt like, I'm kind of a boring person, and I'm actually okay with being boring. Like, I like simple, classic, plain. But it was like, I don't know, it was nice to have you, like, emphasize the point that, like, we want people who are different. And at first, different sounds like fun, like peacock blue eyeshadow. And instead I was like, well, I am different because I'm boring in a different way. (laughs) And so, I don't know, I guess that was kind of my experience of it was like, It's okay to be a boring person, like, it's who I am, and it kind of just emphasized, like, well, this is what I like, or this is my taste, or this is how I am as a woman, is, I like makeup, but I don't do anything crazy. I don't know. That's
2: perfect. This is Becca Croft.
7: I've never had any
5: qualms about not going without makeup. I grew up dancing where we had to wear heavy makeup um, and so it's kind of like makeup is more of like a fun thing to do rather than a daily ritual so it's just something to be creative with, have fun with, be artsy with, but it's not necessarily something that you need to walk out the door with. I had a, a grandmother who took all morning to put her makeup on that was but she that's always, that's what she would do and so that's you know it's great for her but it's, it's not something that I want to spend my life on <laughs> Yes, I totally get
7: that.
2: this is Ostrid Olsen okay so my question for you is would you do a photo shoot without any makeup on sure why <laughs>
5: Um, I have a really good photo that was taken of me in high school without any makeup on that I totally like. <laughs> so you're basing it on old facts, right? Old facts. I don't know. I'm super proud of the ones from Spartan Race where I'm covered in mud so it can't get any dirtier than that. Okay. <laughs> I, I've really grown a lot more comfortable with myself without makeup on. Like, I went to community group yesterday with no makeup on just mm-hmm. because I wanted to be with my people. And, like, when I was in high school, my best friend and I. They, we were best friends for probably three years before we saw each other about makeup on. But wow, in the how come? Last, because I was that insecure and that about, like, well, this is my face. But in the last year, it's like, you know what, if I've been doing something and I'm coming from the gym and I've showered or whatever and I'm around people that I really like, like, I'm not going to spend an extra hour getting ready to impress them. So what changed? Part of it's convenience in old age. <laughs> and part of it is just being more comfortable with who I am. That's um, great. I still don't, I won't go to work without makeup on in certain situations, but if I'm going to the grocery store, then I'm okay with it. Why do you think you won't go to work without makeup on? Appearance is one of our cultural tenets at my job, okay. so I'm required to dress up. So you up. have to. And I also look like I'm 16 <laughs> without makeup on, maybe 14. <laughs> I'm 25, so, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm already working with people who I'm much younger than, and they have children older than I am, and I'm leading them, so I wear it to, you know, look older, look more professional.
0: Here is Samantha again.
6: Like, do you feel confident
0: without any makeup on? Um,
6: now that's different. I think I feel more confident with makeup on, but I'm comfortable without makeup on. Okay. It's a different level. Interesting. Yeah.
0: I found all of these different responses both encouraging and confusing. Why are so many of us caught up in how others perceive us? Why is it such a large motivator in our everyday lives? Even when I think of my own story of being hyper aware of people seeing me without makeup and then calculating the hours, days, weeks, months, years that I have spent getting ready for something or someone, it's crazy. Even now I quote, get ready to do things like go to the grocery store or to the gym, but why? It is so ingrained in my psyche and tied up with how people have spoken to me about my looks when I was a kid. My friend Dr. Peterson has some insightful words on the subject.
3: I think we backpedal a lot as women. I mean, we, fun, we, get, we get to that point where we're like, okay, I figured it out. I'm okay. Everything's okay. And, and, and I'm good enough. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and everything's fine. And then all of a sudden, you know, something happens. And we're right back to that little 10-year-old girl who's yeah. going, wow, you know, look at that. Look at that other girl Look, giving me that dirty look. She must think I'm ugly. I'm, yeah. I'm not good enough. It keeps coming over and over and over again. That's why it's so important to have a community of women to just remind and to just keep encouraging. Because I think, I know, I know from personal and professional experience that low self-esteem is the chronic illness of womanhood.
8: Mm. And
3: it leads to mental health problems. It leads to physical health problems. <laughs> it leads to relationship problems. And... I see it day in and day out.
0: And when I'm Low self-esteem is the chronic illness of womanhood. Preach it. So I thought it would be appropriate to end this episode with a few words of wisdom from Chloe. She took this photo shoot concept to a whole new place. I will let her tell you a little bit more about it.
2: I'm not a perfect human, and I definitely am self-conscious about things. So to challenge myself... I started my own secret social experiment first on the list because I have a quite a commute from home to work every day first I decided I should start singing in my car like loud (laughs) actually loud with my mouth actually moving you know when you're stopped next to someone and there's this best song on and you just want to put your heart and soul into the lyrics but you barely move your mouth so it looks like you're not singing well my goal is to break that barrier of shame and it did check then next step roll the windows down and then do step one (laughs) very embarrassing but check third one don't shave my armpits for at least a month I mean, no one really cares about armpits anyway, right? Check. Don't wash my hair every other day? Check. I've been hearing from other power ladies that washing your hair every day gets rid of natural oils that are healthy for your hair. And then go out with no makeup on? Check. The list goes on. And there were so many other little silly challenges I gave myself, but these babies really tested my confidence in myself and made me look at who I want to be as a person rather than seeing an opinion of what I should be. Of course, people judged me and mocked my decisions, but I do not care. (laughs) This life I am given is too precious to waste my time thinking about what other people might be thinking about me. And I never thought that I would get that out of a photo shoot. But everyone deserves that kind of self-freedom.
0: In closing, I want to remind us all of this glorious truth shared by Dr. Peterson in the words of her father. He
3: would sit down with me,
0: and he would remind me I'm a beautiful, unique, creation of God
3: and that God doesn't create junk. He only creates the finest. And
8: This is not
0: Special thanks to Dr. Peterson, Julia Karput, oh, Chloe Eckberg, yeah. Fancy Morales, Samantha Benson, Astrid Olson, Becca Croft, yeah. and Carrie Spence for their lovely interviews. Thank you to Erin Berger for taking over the newsletter because I was failing at it miserably, and thanks to Katie Costello for her original song, Rest Now. This podcast was produced and edited by me, Melanie Studley, and is brought to you by The Sound and the Splendor. To listen to more podcasts, you can find us on iTunes and SoundCloud. Check out our website at thesoundandthesplendor.com to see the naked faces photo shoot pictures, read more stories and blog entries, and find out about upcoming events. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and something else that I can't remember. And as always, ladies, keep it real.
2: I mean, no one really cares about armpits anyway, right?
0: it come
8: and rest recall your design work sure but while you resign be